Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. Titled FaceTime. It's a really interesting title. Now I'm going to tell you what it's about. You'll be like, what did you do that to me for? Right? Why we connect, but more importantly, why we connect with God. The realities in our relationship with God. Today we're going to say, and, and essentially the title, if you're taking notes, is It Takes Two. It Takes Two. And the series foundation here for FaceTime over the next three weeks. Here's what's really, really, really cool about this series. Next week we'll talk about character in your connections. Today we're talking about why we connect. We'll put some character, some heart into our relationship next week. And then we'll actually finish in three weeks because the fourth week of this series, Dennis Murphy, who's our sound guy or tech guy in the back, is going to share his testimony of how he came to a FaceTime with God. It's going to be an amazing service. And so tell your friends, you're going to, get, you're going to want to get here for that. Uh, his story's amazing. We're going to meet this Tuesday and lock it in. I'm sure he's not nervous at all. And so it's going to be really good. So the foundation of this series is Jeremiah 24, verse 7. It says, I will give them a heart. This is God speaking. I would give them a heart to know me and to know me in, in their heart, to know me in their heart. That's what it says, that I am the Lord and they will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart. They will return to me with their whole heart. And that's really what the idea of this is all about. The number one relationship that we need to have in our life is God. And the number one meeting that we need to have every day is with God. And so then uh, FaceTime, just to add some clarity, FaceTime, the definition of that is to have an important meeting with somebody. This is a face-to-face important meeting with someone. And so before cell phones came along, when you asked to have some FaceTime, you knew this was a conversation that needed to happen in person. I need to have this. This, this is, A text isn't going to do. A fax. A fax isn't going to do here. God bless all you faxers still, okay? This is not an email. I have to have some FaceTime with you. And so when can I get that locked in with you? Uh, and, and knowing that what FaceTime meant was I'm going to be 100% present and I'm going to be 100% connected to you. So you're going to have my full attention. Now, today, what FaceTime means is something totally different, especially if you have an iPhone, because iPhones, FaceTime is the way you do your video chat. And obviously there is Zoom and Skype and all kinds of, I don't even know if Skype's still around, by the way. Maybe it is. But the top three things that are said today in FaceTime conversations are this. Take me off pause. Take me off pause. If you've heard that before, you're guilty, okay? The one that Heather will get me with is, who are you texting? Who are you texting? We're in a conversation. Who are you texting? And the last one is, why am I looking at your ceiling? Why am I looking at your ceiling? I thought we were, I thought we were in a conversation. We're having a FaceTime, right? which proves if we are actually in and engaged, we're actually present in the conversation. And so uh, a person has two reasons for doing anything. I didn't make this a point, but I should have said John Maxwell quote, a person has two reasons for doing anything. And this is kind of the, the slide on it takes two. A good reason and the real reason. A good reason and the real reason. And today we're gonna learn that there are two reasons why we do everything. So we're parking on our relationship with God, but this works in your entire life. Every decision that you make, you'll do it for one of two reasons, a good reason or the real reasons. And so when it comes to your FaceTime with God, are you talking to him 
to keep the acquaintance or are you communicating to build a relationship? There's a good reason. I need this when I need it, so I need you to be there, so acquaintance, right? Or am I communicating to build a relationship? And so as we dive into FaceTime, specifically the realities in our relationship with God, we want to check our motives. And so today I'm going to give you three questions that we ask. This is a different message because these aren't points that we're going to take home. These are questions that you're actually going to get to reflect on this week. And I hope that you reflect on them because it's going to fix your approach or help you adjust your approach and your actions with God, which is really, really important. Because if, if your engagement is off and you don't answer these questions, you're simply going to have an acquaintance. So when crisis hits, you're not going to know what to do. And then you're going to blame God because he wasn't there when in reality, he just wants a relationship with you. And so making sure that you're present is huge. It's huge. Let's pray before we start. Father, thanks for the opportunity to gather in your name. We know that when we do that, things change, that lives change, hearts change, Lord. Thank you for open hands and hearts today. Thank you for open ears and eyes, Lord, to see and to know, but to know you more, to believe, to, to gain some heart knowledge today, a belief in our heart so that we can leave better because we gather. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So with FaceTime in this series, we're not talking about communicating more with God or less with God. We're talking about ordering our relationships to put the people that are in our lives in that proper position. So we really want depth. It's not about more or less, it's depth. Because when the relationship is right with God, everything else falls into place. You see this in Matthew 6, 33. If you want to write that down, you also see this in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. If you'll, if you'll just love me with everything you have and love your neighbors yourself, Everything else will take care of itself. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. All meaning your relationships, right? And so your relationship with God is really day by day, which means it's not a one-time decision. There's so many people in 2023 and so many people that have came here in 2022 who approach this as a one-time decision. And then they're like, peace out, right? And, and they'll be back at some point, right? But your decision to follow God is not a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing. It's every day. And so then today I want to discuss the approach or our approach because every day is a new day. Every day is a new day. And so instead of tackling our calendar or a task or a list of things to do, what if we actually poured into our relationships? What if we actually poured into God as much as he wants to pour into us? What if God was actually first on the list of, of things to do and people to talk to? And so when we meet with God, it's going to be for a good reason or for a real reason, because at the root of every reason is self. At the root of every reason is self. And those, re those reasons can be religious, right? They can be routine. They can be ritualistic. They can be a lot of other R words, right? But before any of those, those decisions should be relational. It should be relational about connecting to a person, connecting to a God. And so the good reason to approach and the good reason to do something is to get by, I've got to get this done. I got to go to that thing. I got to do this. And so good reason is to do it. And we get by in coaching. We call these get by guys. They do just enough to stay on the team, but not enough to actually play a part, right? Get by guys. The real reason is what we live by. It's who we are. We call that character. That's Christ-like character. And so the reality of your good reason is it's going to limit your investment, which creates you to be a get by guy. You see things as obstacles and as work to do, Right? The real reason is going to multiply your investment because you live by it. You see it as an opportunity, and it's a privilege that you have. Real reason, good reason, very big difference. So Jeremiah 24-7, just to remind you before we jump in, is God says, I will give them a heart to know me. That's a belief that I am the Lord. They will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with 
all their heart. If I'm going to have an intentional FaceTime with God, it's going to take your whole heart. And so if you do not consistently invest in your relationship with God, you will not be able to invest in others. Because it's not about what you do, it's who you are to people. Because he's the one who fills you, he's the one who causes you to overflow. Everybody say overflow. Overflow is good, especially when it comes to our money, amen? And so we all know that to make a, make a disciple, you must first be a disciple. That means I have to be in relationship with God first. To be a disciple means relationship with God, which takes a regular time. It takes a consistent time meeting with him. And so for many of us, we just need to adjust or change the interactions that we have or the spiritual habits or non-spiritual habits that we have in our daily routine so we can have some order and some priority so God can actually take first place where he wants to be, right? And that starts with making God this day before. And so this is the day the Lord, the Lord has made. So God gave you this day. It's not something you did. And so then we will rejoice and be glad. And I asked Oscar, I said, what does this mean to you? And he says, well, he says, rejoice. Re means to do again. And joy, joyce is from joy. It means to be happy. So he says, so be happy again. And I was like, wow. My, he was eight at the time. He just taught me something, right? That we should be happy again because this is a new day. And so rejoice and be glad. Now, you can say it or you can believe it. You can have a head knowledge of what, well, Dusty, I've heard that scripture so many times. When you start to get that, your heart becomes hard to that. And you're like, oh man, you know, that's true, but you don't need no, you don't the stack of bills I got or the car that has to be fixed or the sheetrock in my house needs to be repaired because I put a hole in it or whatever, right? And so you've never lived this day before, period. Contra what that scripture says is contrary to popular belief, you've not been in that, this seat before today, Right? And so it's not just another Sunday or another message or Dusty's wore that shirt 17 times before because it's his favorite, okay? So just because you've said Psalms 118.24 before doesn't mean that it doesn't have bearing on today. It has everything to do with today, right down to the song that we sang, which I'm so proud of you, by the way. You just do so amazing for us. And Heather got her hair did yesterday, so make sure to compliment her before she says, don't do that. Don't be lukewarm. Be hot or be cold. We're going to get better or we're going to get worse. You don't stay the same. And so what did you invest in yesterday? We're talking about today being a new day and what you stepped in here with. And you know what? God's greater than all that. So don't be like, oh, and beat yourself up because that's not the goal. The goal is to see that God's greater and God's given you a brand new day, a fresh start. He says he's new every morning, right? And so did you invest in screen time or terrible people who drag you down or poor music or Netflix or whatever, right? If you are what you eat, sweet treats, okay? then what comes in is going to come out. What you surround yourself with is who you're going to be. There is no, you, you can have all the great intentions in the world, but the reality is, are you a better follower today than you were yesterday because you had a relationship, because you had a FaceTime with God, because a greater you means a deeper relationship with God. A greater you is because of a deeper relationship with God. So the truth about your reason is this. A good reason, this is pretty, probably pretty challenging, and so I apologize. I'm sorry, not sorry, that thing, Okay. Your good reason is what you tell others, okay? You have two reasons for doing something, good reason and a real reason. The good reason is what you tell others, and the real reason is only what you tell yourself. You know. You know the real reason in your heart, right? And so this works in every area of your life, by the way. So if you want to screenshot this or whatever you're going to do, like this is it. And in our house, we value honesty. So like we only believe there's one reason, and it's the real reason. And so we, we call... We call baloney on our kids quite a bit to go, no, nah, that's not it. 
tell me what, what's really happening here, right? And so there's only really one reason. So it's going to work in every, every life. Here's, here's the reality, though. Our good reason is what we're willing to share, right? Our good reason is what we're willing to share because many a times we're looking to share that good reason for acceptance or approval or inclusion. There's a reason I'm sharing my good reason, and I will make the good reason public, right? And we're willing to share that because we don't mind everybody else knowing what it is, right? Matter of fact, our good reason many times is our cover for the real reason. It's kind of like, it might be like a quarter, it might be 25% of what that is, right? Our good reason often doubles as the excuse to get out of something. Well, the kids have school, I've been busy, got, got the virus again, uh, just tired. Like, those are all really good reasons, right? They're all really good reasons, but not the real reason. The real reason is we've been running this week and I'd just like to have a night with my wife, right? That would be a real reason. So our real reason is the one we keep top secret because it typically has to do with selfish ambitions. It's selfish. And that's okay because it's real, right? Most of us can't help the fact of hiding our real reason because it seems to be about us. We, we tend to operate by our mind, our soul, and our flesh, which is who we are as how we interact in the world. And so instead of being spiritual people, we tend to operate with the good reason because we like to keep our agenda hidden, right? Instead of operating with wisdom that God gave us through the relationship that we've built with him, we tend to operate on what we think others need to hear so we can keep in good, in good company or good relationship. So our real reason is really the root of our good reason. And so we just use the good reason to hide our heart or to hide our motive. And again, that works in everything in life. So let's dive a little bit deeper into our reason for faith or spiritual growth, our relationship with God or FaceTime, right? And so however you want to phrase it, we want to dive into the reason that we connect. And so like I told you at our house, we value honesty. And so then you don't have one reason. You don't have two reasons. You have one. And the one reason is the real reason. And so if you have two reasons in anything, that's a struggle. So then you're conflicted. Paul says it's not to be conflicted, right? And so especially in following Jesus, if you have these two reasons for following God, you are in a place of conflict. And the real reason is really all there. There's either the real reason or the lie, right? Because the good reason, although it sounds good, is not being 100% truthful, right? And so in Christianity, our good reason and our real reason should be the same. They should be the same. And so what comes out of my mouth should be truth, life, etc. And so here's my theme for the year. This is on my cell phone. It's actually a screenshot from my phone. And it essentially says, as a man thinks, so he is. And so I kind of tend to do this every year. And, and Heather about blank. What energized me today as a dad? What energized me today as a pastor? What energized me? So then I could be very limited and, and wide on my, on my answer or super specific and I share this with you, one, to be transparent with you, but also so, say that as a man thinks, so he is. There's two reasons for doing everything, a good reason and a real reason. Here's the depth of Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, in his heart, so he is in behavior, one who manipulates. This is the amplified version, by the way. He says to you, eat or drink, yet his heart is not with you, but it is begrudging the cost. He's thinking about this is the good reason, not the real reason, Okay. The CEV, which is the contemporary English, says, people like to take note of how much you eat. And they say, take all you want, but they don't really mean it. They don't really mean it. Good reason. Good reason. And the Good News translation says, come on. The guy says, come on, have some. He says, but he doesn't mean it. And what he thinks 
is what he really is. As a man thinks, so he is. There's two reasons for doing everything, especially when it comes to our relationship with God. And so what I want you to see in Proverbs 23, 7 is the root of that scripture is hypocrisy. It's hypocrisy, right? You say one thing, but you don't really mean it. Yeah, I have a great chair time with God, and I do all of these different things, but then behind the scenes, you don't do any of it, and you're lucky if you open your Version Bible app, right? And so you say one thing, but you don't really mean it, which is like the salesperson who's trying to get you to buy the car. Man, you look amazing today. What, hey, what do I got to do to get you in this car, right? It's all that, those fake compliments that come out that boost you just a little bit to think, oh, he's on my side. But if it's not truthful, then it's fake. It's a lie, right? And so it's a classic case, the car salesman is a classic case of good reason versus real reason, right? The real reason is, I need you to buy this car, right? The good reason is, man, you're going to look amazing in this car, right? And so we could go on, but the bottom line is, if you look at Proverbs 23, 7, it's hypocrisy. And God doesn't stand for that. There's no two reasons with God. There's only ever a real reason. And so I want to discuss why our good reason and our real reason should align and reveal authenticity in our actions. Because as a man thinks, so he is. So this is what God uses to determine authenticity in your reason. Knowing you need to know this, God's main concern is your heart. He's only ever after your heart. He only wants relationship with you. That's why he sent Jesus to restore that relationship, right? And so if he gets your heart, he gets you. This is where a lot of people have a hard time connecting money to God. Well, Matthew 6, 21 says, for wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. And I get that backwards sometimes. But the reality is, is if you, if it's really in your heart, you believe in being kingdom minded on the face of the earth, right? And so, but, but that's money. That's not my heart. Yes, it is. Your heart, your money touches everything that you have, your toilet paper, your tires, right? Your television, your money touches everything you have. So when God has your heart, God has all of you. God has all of you. That's all that he's after, right? And so if you get your heart, he gets you. So if you're taking notes, here's the first question. And these are kind of the three points. But remember, this is more reflective for you than it is like a teaching. And so here's the first question. Is my relationship with God genuine? Am I genuinely connecting with God? You find this in Isaiah 29, 13. And it says this. Then the Lord said, because these people approach me only with their words, and only honor me with their lip service. They remove their hearts from me. Remember, Jeremiah 24, 7 is our scripture for this. They remove their hearts from me. And their reverence for me is a tradition that is learned by rote, R-O-T-E, without any regard for its meaning. Now, rote, that's kind of a weird word. Rote means being mechanical or habitual and repetitive of something learned, but without heart without heart. And the reality is there's more than enough people who give God praise from their lips or from tradition, but their hearts are disconnected because they've heard that scripture before. And it, it used to work. It did work. God said he's a God of yesterday, today, and forever, tomorrow. He is the beginning and the end. So then if it, if it worked then, if it's the living word yesterday, it's going to be the living word in 2025, if that makes sense. And so they love the idea of having relationship with God and going to church. This is what rote is. And saying they believe but have no real desire to truly seek him or to draw near to him. And sadly, as people, we know too much in our head and we believe too little in our hearts. And that's because that's what culture wants. How much do you know? Who affirmed you? 
Where did you get your doctorate? Or do you have a bachelor's? Are you qualified? Who approved you? It's that. How much do you know? And so when we open the book, we try to go to knowledge. And really, it's not about knowledge. It's about relationship. It's coming into a moment with God in your chair, in your Bible reading time to go, man, I'm expecting to hear from God today. Not, I wonder how many challenging words there will be that I have to look up and figure out what the heck does that mean? That deters you. That's, that's, that's trying to gain information as opposed to receive a relationship, right? In 2023, people know what to say and they know how to act, especially in the Bible belt of our country, if I'm just being real. But they forget that it's their heart that God is after. It's their heart that really matters. It's why John said, it's why Jesus said in John 4, 23, but a time is coming and it's already here when the true, which is real, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit from the heart, the inner self, and make sure that you're seeking and you're engaging and worshiping from a sincere place in your heart, your inner self, and in truth, not for an agenda or to look good, right? And that's a whole different service in scripture, but make sure you're seeking so that you have a true heart that has kingdom perspective, regardless of the position of the place you're in. You're not after good behavior. God doesn't want your good behavior. And to be honest with you, the church, capital C, big C church across Western culture has done a great job at creating good behavior and not creating good disciples. And we should be seeking the heart of God. We should be following God. God sent his son so that we would follow his example, not say that we like that, right? And so here's the second question. You guys okay? Amen. All right, second question. You need to ask yourself when you're identifying the reason to have a face time with God is this. Am I in this for religion or for relationship? I'm in this to call myself a blank. By the way, there's so many people who are more loyal to the religion or to the denomination than they are to the, to the man who came and saved their life right? And so am I in this for religion or relationship? And you'll find confirmation of this in Matthew chapter 7. And I think it's verse 21. And just roll with me. There's, there's three of these. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. That's kind of obedience, right? Many will say to me on that day when I judge them and only God can judge. Hey, that's Tupac, okay? Only God can judge. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many miracles in your name? And, and Jesus says, that's religious activity. And then I would declare to them publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me. That's where it starts to get really hot. Depart from me. You are banished from my presence. You who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. And so we say we do good. It's a really good reason. This is the, this is the good reason right here. And God says, I never knew you. It's a good activity. Produced some fruit, okay? It was a good activity, but it was disconnected from me. I never knew you. And so then is the reason that you, that you connect with God to do more? Like you don't have to work. You don't have to work to gain a relationship with God. God's not after your behavior. He's after your heart. And so you're not going to earn it. That's why it's called a grace gift, right? You don't want good behavior. You want real relationship. And the reality is doing doesn't get you anywhere. Doing doesn't get you anywhere except tired and feeling like you have to do just a little bit more. And what's incredible about the passage in Matthew is the things that people are doing are good. He actually says, they are good. We did them in your name. They just weren't doing them through the relationship with Jesus. There was no relationship with God. It was rote, right? Which is a waste of time because the action then or the word or the donation or the behavior is done apart from God, who's our source, 
which is empty. That's John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can pretend. You can pretend all day long and you can have good show, right? But apart from me, it's going to be empty. And so we can't use the things that we do to gain favor with God to gain his approval. And so there's nothing that you could ever do that will cause God to accept you or to love you more than he already does, period. It's a grace gift that he's given you. He's given you his son, Jesus, because of his grace, because he loves you, because he wants relationship with you. So it's not, hey, if you'll just check off all these, all these 63 things here, when you get that done, we'll be good. There's nothing for you to do except receive. There's nothing you can do except receive. And so you were bought with a price. He's never going to love you more than he already does right now. And so we all understand and believe that the only way to the Father is through the Son, right? And so then you can't earn it or work for it or pay it off. It's not like that. And I'll confirm that with Romans 8, 37 through 39. It says this, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. The only reason you conquer is because Jesus is through you. It's coming through you. This is God in you. God in me is greater than anything on the face of the earth. If God is for me, who can be against me? All those things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from God. Nothing. And so then everything we do must flow from that relationship with him because love is a two-way street and the way he loves you we can't comprehend it. It's called agape love. If you want some homework this week, that's how he loves you. And so because everything we do flows from that relationship with God, it, it's what happens through us, not the actual effort that we're displaying, right? Colossians chapter three, here's what happens when we do. Colossians chapter three, verse 23 says, whatever you do, whatever your hand finds to do, do it wholeheartedly. Again, Jeremiah 24, seven, that we would return, that God would have our whole heart. Whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, not for Men, not for men. Everything we do flows from our relationship with God. Here's the final question you need to ask yourself. These are great things to reflect on this week. You need to ask yourself and having a consistent face time with God. Am I only in this for me? And this goes back to that acquaintance thing. Am I only in this for me? And I'm going to paraphrase Matthew 6 because it's a couple verses. But if you're taking notes, you can write Matthew 6, 1 through 6. And in Matthew 6, 1 through 6, Jesus warns us to be careful, to be very intentional, essentially not to practice our faith actions in front of others. So it's not about going down the street corner and thumping the Bible saying, uh, turn or burn, uh, get right or get left, like all those awesome Christian phrases that just stink, if I'm being honest, okay, <laughs> in front of others. But instead, serve. In Matthew 6, 1 through 6, serve, worship, and pray in private. Pray in private. Do Doing these things in public with the goal of being seen doesn't get you a reward in heaven. It just, it just makes him say, I, don't, I never knew you, right? I love that Jesus jumped straight to the heart of the matter. Why you're doing what you're doing is super important. It's not about the task. And you might say that you're doing it for a good reason, and it could be good. And, and you might actually benefit from it, right? But if it's to be seen, then it's without heart. It is without heart. And so the paraphrase is what Ashley already had up is Jesus encourages us to be careful for the reason because it reveals what's really in our heart. Be careful for your reason, the good reason, the real reason. It always is going to reveal what's in your heart. So let it be real. And I'll close with this. We talked about doing, right? There's a lot of doing. 
Most people have two reasons for doing something, a good reason and a real reason. And today we established that as a believer, our reason is really just one. There's just one reason. It's a real reason and it comes from our heart and it's rooted in truth. And this is 1 Samuel 16, 7. 1 Samuel 16, 7 proves that it's real easy to do the right thing for the wrong reason. It says, for God does not look at your appearance or at the action. He says, I don't make decisions the way that you do. Men judge by outward appearance, but I look at a man's motives. I look at his intentions and I look at his heart. That's the living Bible if you want that translation. As a man thinks, so he is. So then between the good reason and the real reason, you have to get to the one. It's the one and it's the one that, that connects you in your heart to God. And so then I'm going to recap those three questions really quickly. Three questions to gauge your relationship or your reason for relationship, that face time with God. One, am I genuinely connecting with God? If you want to go out beside this, this is, is, it a good, is this a good reason or is this a real reason? Because the real reason is a genuine connection. The real reason will be a genuine, genuine connection. So is it a good reason or a real reason? Two, am I in this for religion or relationship? Here we go. Is this good behavior? Okay, or real belief. Is this for good behavior? So I can tally. I asked a guy the other day, uh, the record that I have on my Uversion app, this is not a brag, is 75 weeks. And I broke it intentionally because I was killing it. I was killing it. And uh, he's like, bro, you were rolling. Like, that's incredible. I'm like, is it? And so I broke it yesterday. So I'll get like six days and I will intentionally not open it because I don't wanna be religious. I wanna have a real relationship. I wanna have meaning in the Bible studies that we do together. And so I regularly break my version Bible app intentionally because I want it to be real. I never wanna to get to a place where, oh, I've gotta open my version. That's like, uh, we had some kids I was coaching and Snapchat first came out and Snapchat might still do this. I'm so disconnected from this, so forgive me if I'm wrong. But Snapchat, if you open every day, it gives you points or something, right? And so if you do so many days in a row with Snapchat, there's some kind of reward. And I was like, man, I never want to get to that place with God. I never want to get to that place where like, I have to open this or I'll break my streak. When that becomes my reason, it's rote. It's religious activity. There's no heart in it, right? Because that's the first thing that trumps it. The third reason is, am I only in this for me? And here's the reality. Only in it for you, it's good for you. And so the truth behind this is, this is really good for me. I told Heather this morning, we were talking back and forth, I don't even know what I said. I just said, I wanna be great for God. I just wanna be great for God. I could care less about everything else. I just wanna be great for God. And this is it. Am I only in this for me? If I am, it'll be good for me. It's that selfish ambition, right? But are you in this so you can be great for God, so that you can leave from here and go be an example in the streets, so that your marriage can be an example, so that your kids can be an example, so God's example will speak for you. We would say on a regular basis, be an example, even if you have to use words. A lot of people say, words first. Now I wanna live in a way that God speaks for me. And when he doesn't, and I get in conversation, that he'll speak through me, that those words will come, but I wanna live my life as an example, even, even if I have to use words. And so when it's real and you believe, people will begin to see. They'll see it. Your light will shine more than somebody else's. Dennis gets it all the time at his work, right? More people are gonna to come to faith and you're gonna do greater things to God just because you simply believe. 
Faith comes by hearing, so you have to have that time with God. That's a tie-on from last week. And so you experience God being greater in you and through you in the world when you engage with him on a regular basis. And so real relationship causes you to live an abundant life in unwavering truth. And it creates hungry people who know this is the most important meeting I'm going to have this week. It's not about Sundays, it's every day, right? And so that's it, that's it. Remember those things. Let me give you your action steps really quickly. I'm, I'm sorry, Ashley, I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna flip this. Here's your action steps. If you've waned a little bit, then I'll pray and we'll get you out of here. Your action steps are simple. If you've waned, if your reason hasn't been real, but you're ready to make it real, ask God to help you every day. So the action step is ask God to help you every day. And here's where you're gonna find that. Psalms 139, 23 through 24. Here's what it says. This is hard to do because the first part attacks that selfish ambition. Search me, God, not fix my friends, not fix my wife, not fix my kid. Search me, God. Know my heart. He already knows the wheels are turning up here, okay? We've got to get control of that ourselves. It comes from a heart belief. Know my heart. Test me. Test me. Dang, you're going to invite that in. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, because it's going to develop character. It's, we all want convenient faith, but the reality is, is God, God's not going to beg you. He's not going to convince you. He's not going to try to bribe you. He wants to know you better. Test me and know my thoughts, know my concerns. Now you're inviting him into your head, right? But it's your heart first. And you see this, see if there's any offensive way in me. This is David, I love this. Guys, I, this is every day of my life, right here, every day of my life. There's anything I do religiously, it's this, but I come in with a heart to say, God, search me today. I have so many concerns. There are so many thoughts turning inside my forehead right now. I want you to know every single one of them. And I want you to provide direction today. See if there's an, an offensive way in me. Am I offended? Am I hurt right now? Take that. Lead me in the everlasting way today. Woo, let me be an example of you today. I wanna go be like you today. So then I close that by saying, help me to see myself how you see me. Because in my mind, I don't see what you see. And help me to know you like you know me. Help me to love me like you love me. Today, today, search my heart and know me because I want to know you more. And help me to be X, Y, and Z, a great husband. Help me to be everything Heather needs today. Help me to be everything that Oscar, Cass, we have five kids. And Lainey, I had to go down, I hit them all. It takes about 17 minutes, right? What these kids need in a dad, help me to be you to them today. Not my agenda, Lord, your will. Psalms 139, there's your action step. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.